0: Kluber, and we're live from Hims, and I'm here with Sarah Warner, data scientist at the Clinical Epidemiology Section of Critical Care Medicine Department at NIH. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here. So tell us a little bit about the department and what role it has at NIH. Yeah, so it definitely is a mouthful, and we are
1: kind of in a unique situation because the Clinical Epidemiology Section is actually situated within the research hospital at the clinical center, where all of the different institutes of the NIH can have their patients come to receive treatment and protocol, and specifically if they have any um, downstream effects or other health issues that need handled while they're receiving treatment at NIH, they can come to the hospital. And the group that I work with specifically is staffed by the critical care and infectious disease clinicians that um, work in the hospital. But because they also work at NIH, they are very interested in research and don't want to just do patient care. So I'm actually the data scientist that gets to work with these really brilliant clinicians to ask questions of big databases such as Premier and Cerner um, to try to answer some questions that we can't address using uh, traditional control trials.
0: Cool. Awesome. That's fantastic and necessary work, especially in this uh, health landscape that we're in right now yeah. as far as the tech modernization and everything. So what are some of those biggest challenges that you're seeing in health IT right now? You're here at HIMS. What have you been hearing and what are you focused on? Right. So this week um, I've really been
1: interested in understanding the different ways that um, some of these EHR and administrative data sets are starting to use NLP, natural language processing, to um, increase the depth of the data that they are providing to groups like us that unlease it for research use. Um, right now, that's definitely something where we um, are cur- constantly trying to improve the quality of what we're getting. And then the the amount of information, you know, I'm working with these clinicians and they say, well, I know as a doctor, I would have ordered this test and here's what I should have seen. And I can see on our end, unfortunately, I only get the diagnosis code. Yes, no. So having the ability to have a little more granular information, like send out lab results or more advanced imaging results or things like that would really improve the um, quality of our studies and the quality of the
0: questions we can ask from these data sets. Right. That's, it's actually interesting because it's more of like providing that human kind of thinking to tech um, which is you know in in many ways when you think about it it's surprising that it's not built that way already Mm -hmm. and you know so you're kind of having to like no you know you need to include this data element or think about it in this way so I think it's really fascinating to see how that is kind of modernizing in the health space
1: it is and it's such a funny counterintuitive thing because the data is collected by humans oh, and curated is. by humans and then there's a coder that actually puts the thing something into a, an icd code that then takes the granularity away and so then we're trying to put the granularity back in because we can pull it down in these big data sets as you know numbers um code but we still want the human aspect so trying to, and I think we are finally at a point where the um, data science tools and processing capacity has caught up to the point where we can, we don't have to rely on the you know low granular ICD coding and binary things that we right. can actually get back into it. So it's really exciting.
0: Very, that sounds exciting. So obviously a big focus of yours is data, as mm-hmm. we kind of just touched on now. How is data, I guess, talk through more of like how it's playing out in your department, how you're seeing it play, whether it's your focused area or how that translates to NIH more broadly? Sure. Yeah. So in the clinical epi section, we really focus on a lot of
1: outcomes related to critical care medicine, um, specifically things like sepsis and um, antimicrobial resistance, and both of those things are well situated to be used um, or looked at using big data because they're relatively rare events, and they're also really difficult to design a control trial for. Um, and an infectious process is something that you don't plan; it's not a surgery. You're, you know, you're not going to easily enroll someone who's in the ICU on a sepsis protocol into a control trial. You know, getting permission for something like that is just not going to happen. And also, you know, because of ethics, you can't randomly stratify therapy so um the ability to use what has already happened in the real world setting of different therapies and different care types and be able to observe the outcomes and see how they are related um is the you know big data is the only way that we could be answer some of these questions and similarly with you know thankfully antimicrobial resistant um is relatively rare even though it is an increasing and growing problem um But the ability to look at these large representative samples of these infections and see, you know, using all these different therapies, which one actually was best and having the ability to stratify these patients based on all of the patient characteristics, the hospital characteristics, and then all of their past comorbidities is something that um, you couldn't do at the individual level. You really, we can get a much more um, generalizable and useful answer that can then inform policy. Because a clinician at the bedside can look at one person and say, you know, I really feel that this is my best advice for you as a person. But at the federal level, we're often working with groups like CDC and FDA to make policy. And we know what drug is best to be given for this um, infection or what
0: cut point should be used. Um, and this really helps there. Right. Awesome. And I've been following some of the the data work, the data strategies that are happening over on the CDC side and with the core data standards that Mm -hmm. they're working on. And so it's interesting to kind of think about like more of that research and clinical side of things and how that's feeding into some of those, uh, the data uh, modernization, like thinking that they're doing right now. Yeah. So, I guess uh, there's a lot of challenges in this space, but talk through what some of those might be right now that you're focused on. So, you know, we're always trying
1: to best replicate a person with a specific disease. And so we spend a lot of time thinking about what are the indicators that we can find in an administrative or an EHR data set that would indicate, Accepts this is a really great example. And there have been studies going back, 10, 15 years trying to have different iterations of how do we measure sepsis because it's this nebulous thing that can have really extreme outcomes and does affect quite a few people. And so the CDC has worked on it, NIH has worked on it continually. Um, They're really smart people, but trying to capture the – clinical events that are in the gray areas of the results and you know, having that consistently for everyone and then trying to have enough data to make a decision. And I think, that I mentioned earlier, when we get a little more of the um, NLP data where we can look at physician notes and look at a little more of the patient-level bedside information and be able to then standardize that and include it in our matching algorithms or in our adjustment processes, that will give us a lot more power to hopefully clear up some of these nebulous processes
0: that we're looking at. Definitely. That that makes a lot of sense. So obviously when we're talking, and especially in the context of hymns, there's a mm-hmm. lot of tech at play. Sure. Um, but a lot of people say that it's not really a tech problem. It's a data problem where, it, as you touched on, like the standards and how to capture certain things or translate, you know, records to make meaningful insights. So how do you see, like, the next phase of technology really making a difference as we start tackling some of these data issues?
1: Sure. Um, You know, and I think definitely at the NIH, we have some um, internal um, groups that are doing things like the All of Us Project where they're trying to link um, personal genomic data with a human as they go on through their health career and they can have their DNA sequenced and look for different things. And I think the connection between these huge genomic and imaging projects and um, a, a human being and their health career and the ability for a clinician to see all of that and to utilize all of that is really um, the big on the ground issue that's going to be faced. And I think that th- we've seen some of that here this week, you know, definitely groups looking at transmitting imaging and looking at different ways to um, store and process. and And I think the key is understanding the data, though, because we have, you know, and we're getting there. I think 10 years ago when um, sequencing started to really take off and the computers could understand it. Um, but I don't think we were quite there yet with the humans being able to utilize it. And I think we're really catching up finally with as, as caregivers and providers are going to be able to hopefully really integrate the um, genomic Data that's been created and, and, and explored in the research space and is now being translated into everyday clinical practice.
0: Right. So it really needs to be kind of that uh, symbiotic relationship between, you know, tech and provider and then also the, the patient, too, because there's a lot of data coming out of their realm of things, like with wearables. And, right, definitely. Um, so it's kind of just an interesting space to be in. We're in all... An interesting time. Numbers <laughs> factories all day long. Yeah, you're like,
1: we're creating so much information. And, you know, I do think we're keeping up with it, but just understanding how to use it and use it appropriately is really a huge no job
0: I guess fantastic well have you been having a good time at Hims? yes it's been wonderful
1: it's been oh, great your first time it is my <laughs> first time yeah and I was overwhelmed by how enormous it was um, but it's been a great um, networking experience and also just um, eye-opening to see all of the different solutions that have been proposed for these different problems some that I didn't even know were a problem
0: yet so oh, that, well, I guess that's a good uh, I guess a use case for you yeah, to be here that's definitely <laughs> well thank you so much Sarah for joining me thank so you awesome. yep
1: HealthCast, along with GovCast and CyberCast, is a production of GovCIO Media & Research. For more podcasts, and to check out the other shows, head to GovCIOmedia.com. Watch out for new episodes released every Tuesday and Wednesday across our shows. You can follow all of them on your favorite podcast platform. And if you like what you heard, make sure to let us know by leaving a review. If you have any topics you think we should look into, contact us at newsletter at govcio.com.